Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Um, super excited for this week's episode. Uh, I'm sitting down reconnecting with Kayla Howell. Um, I met Kayla this summer on the Deseret stage race. And I got to tell you right away, I com- I totally look up to Kayla. Um, she is a complete badass endurance racer in all sorts of endurance events. So she's done everything from ultras and stage races like desert rats to uh, adventure races to triathlons and Ironmans, like anything you can imagine she's kind of dived into. Um, And I just, I really respect her, uh, her willingness to, step up to any challenge and take it on and and take it on with such a positive attitude that was the thing i really took away this summer because um she kicked complete butt during the race but i know there were moments like really low moments but like you would never be able to tell she she really kind of just kind of pushed her way through and kept a positive attitude throughout which is which is super cool so um super excited to have her on the show uh, in this episode, we kind of d- dig into her background, um, kind of hear about, uh, you know, her her when she started kind of going out in the outdoors and having adventures, um, kind of going up into her story, into uh, all sorts of various endurance events. Um, and then we really focus a lot of time on adventure racing. And if you're out there and you've taken on some some uh, you know, whether it's running races or bike races or anything like that, like I would highly suggest seeking out an adventure race. Um, it truly is an adventure. You're out in the middle of the woods. You're coming up with your own routes, trying to figure out what works best. You're you're working with a team. You're paddling. You're riding bikes. You're orienteering. Um, it's awesome. Like honestly, out of everything I've done, uh. I've taken on a couple adventure races just with some friends and we had no idea what we were doing. You know, we did one in Boone, Iowa, (laughs) and then we did another one in uh, Shannon, like in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. And it was just a complete blast, like such a fun way to spend a day or in Kayla's case, the one she talks about three or four days. Um, And it's just this awesome excuse to go out in the woods and go explore with a group of friends and kind of put yourself to your limits. So uh, highly suggest checking that out. I know the Eco Challenge um, is going to be released on Amazon in a, sometime in the next few months. Uh, and I'm hoping that kind of sparks an, an interest in people um, to, to try one of these for themselves. And, and as that event gets closer, we're going to do... Uh, some episodes actually really after it's released we're going to do some episodes with a couple people who have participated in that so if you totally connect to kayla's like adventure racing side of the story like come back in a couple months like we'll we'll be we'll be definitely focusing on adventure races there uh as well so anyways guys let's jump right into it this is the like a bigfoot podcast number 170 with kayla howell All right, guys, we are back in uh, with and let me just start over, Kayla, because I realized okay. I said we are back and I'm like, where are we coming back from? You know, we're, we're back. Yeah. Like, what, what am I like coming back from commercial break or what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right, guys, we are welcoming back Kayla Howell to the podcast, and uh, I'm super excited. You know, Kayla, there are some days where, you know, you come into the podcast with like a, a big plan of like, you know, g- great questions to ask and things like that. And then there are days like today where, you know, life gets super busy, but you're excited to, to chat with your friend. So anyways, today's more like one of those. <laughs> so Perfect. Welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You were just mentioning um, that you went down to Southern Utah and, and kind of hiked around. So can you kind of like give us an idea? Like what were you what were you doing down there? Yeah, I actually went with um, two of my friends, Phil and Julie from Grand Junction, and they have done all kinds of research and um, know all about Southern Utah. So we just went, met them down and we celebrated Phil's birthday and ran around um, natural bridges. We did like a 10 mile hike there. And then we did, I think it's called, um, Butler's wash on like the comb bridge on the East side, just hiking around. There's like tons of ruins, um, a bunch of petroglyphs and just like the views. If you haven't been down there, I totally recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you like done, the have expectation. You, yeah. Have you done much down there? I haven't. That was like, I have this like crazy expectation that it's all going to be very similar to Moab. And it is so, so different. We even did a evening doing like stargazing at Goosenecks, which is similar to Horseshoe Bend. That's like that famous picture where the river like comes in and switchbacks on itself. Oh, yeah. Only there's like numerous ones. And um, it's one of the only, oh, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like a, a dark space. So there's almost zero light pollution and they had a bunch of telescopes out there and we could see Jupiter and Saturn. It was beautiful. That's awesome. That's so cool. So I guess like, have you always been kind of like an outdoorsy person? (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) Me and my brother would just go out. I'm from Indiana. I'm uh, Midwest also. And we would go back to the property back behind our house and we would just be out there like the entire weekend. (laughs) We even attempted to go, quote unquote, live off the land one time. I remember we took like a fishing pole, one of those like Mickey Mouse fishing poles. And then like one of those tiny um, like PVC pop uh, pop up like tent things. It was like ridiculous. And mom's like, okay, I'll see you guys like in the end of the weekend. And we were back in like five hours. Yeah, it didn't didn't work. We tried to clean a fish with like a pop can and like... (laughs) We yeah we were always adventuring and taking the trampoline back to the ponds and you know d- doing backflips and stuff off that into the water and that's yeah awesome. I think was it, we can blame my brother for sure. <laughs> were you like when your mom's like see at the end of this weekend you're like mom you don't understand we are living off the land now yeah I'll see you in a month mom yeah I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about that's hilarious what was like how old were you at the time. Oh man, we were little, like we would just go and disappear and like, unfortunately something kids can't do like in today's world. Um, I, I remember going back even in, when I was like five or six, you know, just like yeah. super young and my brother was a couple years older. So we would just go back there and it was like our own little Neverland. That's awesome. It was awesome. I go back there now and I'm like, oh, it's so much smaller than <laughs> yeah. like whatever. I remember it being like miles to get back there and it's like... A half a mile, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I remember the same thing. Like I, my, my mom and like all the neighbor, like we lived kind of 
not in the middle of the country in Iowa, but like definitely in a neighborhood with like woods and all this stuff. And I just remember all the neighborhood parents would just like kick their kids out every morning (laughs) at like eight o'clock. You'd be like, okay, we'll see you guys. And like, we wouldn't wear (laughs) shoes ever. So our feet were hardened like hobbits. (laughs) We were way ahead of the barefoot game. (laughs) <laughs> exactly yeah exactly and i don't know i it was funny it's funny like i'm glad you brought that up because i was just thinking about this today like when i think about like what my first quote-unquote adventure is i i do think back to about that same age about like you know being six years old and just kind of like wandering around the woods and getting completely lost you know it's just ridiculous like i we would go even on like our Thanksgiving Christmas. We had there were six of us cousins that were really close, and we would take all of our parents like army clothes, like legit army clothes, and just take off. We had like the boards and like float down the river on a log, and like we're so lucky nobody died. <laughs> is there is there any one besides like trying to run away from home and live off the land? Like, is there any one adventure that like really sticks out in your mind? Oh, I don't know if I could pick one. Yeah. It was always, it was like every weekend it was us cousins getting together. Um, It was almost like every weekend was a holiday and we were always just like, my grandparents owned um, or worked on like a pig farm. So we just go up in like the hay mound, like, you know, giant rope swings. Like there was always an adventure. I don't know if I could pick one. That's awesome. <laughs> well, it's funny because now like knowing you now, I'm like, oh yeah, this is totally tracking this makes complete sense (laughs) (laughs) well Um, it's funny the first time i met you at the the um desert rats race i didn't know that you what did you say you were started running in like high school or college like you weren't like a runner yeah no i was definitely the the whole like contact sports guy like I played hockey and football and then in college I played rugby and really like you know running kind of came from trying to get in shape because rugby you run like seven or eight miles a game at my position so you got to run all over the place so yeah I, I, I definitely was not like a classic runner distance guy that's so funny to me and then you just come out and just like crush a 140 mile race i can hike <laughs> See, at the finish line. i can hike and eat food that's what i've decided <laughs> that's, like, that's all you need yeah yeah don't like... tell everybody the secret to ultra running <laughs> well because you know when i went and uh joined phil last week uh at the marine corps the marine corps marathon is super flat and i'm like this does not play to my strengths at all like i'm not <laughs> i'm not super you know i'm not like a super fast like skinny like the guy who won mike wardian he beat my time by probably like an hour and 40 minutes and i'm just like how fast is this guy running you know? he ran the whole thing he ran that whole yeah dude i started walking like two miles in to it and it's just a bunch of road runners and they're just i just noticed them looking at me like what is this guy's problem like is he not trained and i'm like you just wait you just wait till like mile 28 yeah right but <laughs> But yeah, so they yeah, you give your Colorado stuff back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know that just it makes sense. It tracks like you just seem kind of um, almost like a free spirit in the wilderness. You know what I mean? Like when you're outdoors, like and I'm sure it's like that for a lot of people who are listening, like when you're outdoors, you're 
like you just are happy and and like kind of free and i feel the same exact way it's like all your worries go away for just a short time while you're out there yeah you don't have to think about anything else except for your next meal and your next mile and that's it <laughs> yeah exactly well so like athletic career wise like how did that happen like because you're an you're a great runner and i know you're injured right now but which is you, we, you you mentioned that you're perpetually forever yeah forever injured but uh but you're a great athlete like so when did when did that start for you um so my brother was like my best still is my best friend and he I always wanted to follow him around and when he joined cross country in fifth grade mom's like well I'm not gonna you know babysit you just go and like play with him so I've been running like cross country since the third grade and then I was going to go to, I, I wanted to go to school and be an athlete, but I was once again injured. So I went out to University of Maryland, Baltimore County, but they weren't going to pay enough to go like outside, like out of state for like even become even. So I went to IU and randomly fell into little 500 bike race. Have you seen breaking away? Um, so I, yeah. Have you seen that? I think so. What uh, Remind me what that it's is like, again. Yeah, it's a quarter mile um, track, cinder uh, course, or cinder, um, what am I thinking? Like the, it's not like the rubber, it's that it's like made of cinder top. And the men do 500 laps, the women run, um, or 100 laps the women do, and 200 laps the men do. And you can have anywhere from two to four people, and you exchange the bike kind of like a baton. Okay. And you have to have either five or 10 um, exchanges amongst the laps. So you can have one person ride like almost, you know, 50 or a hundred laps that you just have to exchange five or 10 times throughout the race. Okay. Is this like an Super Indiana thing? Cause I just looked up the movie yeah. and it takes place in Bloomington. Yeah. It's a big, uh, it's been going on forever. Uh, it's a huge race. Like all the stories and the cutters is kind of probably what you know best. Um, that's kind of, they had their team, um, they win the most and it's a huge competitive, uh, race in Indiana university. And I just kind of randomly decided to join a sorority and we put a team together and it was so much fun. It's really hard getting four sorority girls to, to be pretty competitive, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, so is that a event you like train for throughout the year or is it kind of one of those things you just like show up for and give it your best shot and like have a blast doing it? Yeah. So we did a lot of training. Um, even for spring break, our sorority paid for us to go down to Florida and do a week long training no way, and they really? paid for, yeah, like everything. It was like a couple of sororities and a couple of fraternities. We stayed in like a giant house in St. Augustine. That was like the first like big endurance event. We decided we wanted to ride from St. Augustine to Daytona and back. And our coach is like, do you really want to ride a hundred miles? And we're like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, we got to Daytona and we're like, yeah, this is a real dumb idea. This is before Uber. We probably would have made it back <laughs> in a car. <laughs> Uber is like the anti-endurance athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were ready to fold for sure when we got to Daytona. <laughs> And then I ended up doing uh, an internship in Hawaii and, you know, randomly somebody was like, do you want to go volunteer for this race? It's in Kona. I'm like, sure. What is it? It's an Ironman. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Let's go. 
And I remember getting up at like two o'clock in the morning, going straight to the start finish line and just being, being out there volunteering. And I was like in tears, like crying and laughing. And you're just watching these people like put it all out there. And I remember thinking like, I'm going to do one of these one day, of course. And then it, I was so out of touch with what that actually included. Yeah. Are you, and that's are when you, I got the bug. I was like, yeah. Are you competitive like that? I mean, you're obviously competitive somewhat, but like, do you see someone like I can, I love watching sports. Don't get me wrong, but I can barely watch certain sports. Cause I'm just like, I just want to go out and play. Like, why am I sitting here? <laughs> I was tortured just watching people do fun things. Um, I'm competitive in like eating and if we're like walking down the road i have to be the first the person like in front i have to it's always a race everything (laughs) is a race i don't know how people live their life not like that it would be very nice sometimes (laughs) so you're like at the grocery store are you trying to like get food faster than the other people (laughs) yeah oh yeah everything literally everything i worked on a private yacht for a couple months and me and my girlfriend would like be making beds for like on the yacht and it would be like, Oh, my side's done first. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a race. That's awesome. <laughs> when did, so when did you end up running the Ironman? Um, I ended up moving back to Florida off of the yacht and I had met somebody that was super interested and they were like, yeah, we signed up for an Ironman. I was like, well, I want to do one. You should probably do like a sprint or like some type of triathlon before. I was like, no, no, no. I just want to do it. And they're like, they like made me sign up for a sprint triathlon. And I ended up like winning the first timers. And so we ended up doing it. That was in June and October. I did a full, uh, I didn't do that like Ironman brand. Yeah. So I paid like a quarter of the price. And it was in Claremont, Florida. Tougher than iron is the name of it. That's cool. So yeah, like what, what did, did you, like, what did you find when you, when you did that for the first time? Like, what did you discover about yourself or, or was it like, was there a certain event in the Ironman that you're really like, Oh, this is the best. Like, I love this part of the Ironman. I, I thought it would be the run just having like my, my history. I think I liked the bike portion better. Um, maybe it was just cause you get to like go faster. I don't know. Um, I hated the swim and I actually couldn't get comfortable the entire swim. I like tried, tried finally. I was like, I'm just going to backstroke <laughs> somebody that I raced with. They were like, was that you backstroking? They were like, you passed us. <laughs> really? I was like, I don't remember that at all. But, um, I think I learned like the longer the race went on, the better I was doing. Like I had no clue you know, like where I was in the entire race and like the longer the race went on, like, of course you're in pain and you're kind of suffering, but the, it was almost like the more fun I was having the longer the race went on. Yeah. And you almost, you see like you're an endurance athlete. You kind of see like, I hate to say like people falling apart, but you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize like I had that in me. You know, you, you think like I'm, there's no way I'm going to finish this. And then you see everybody else around you, and it really does like just cheer you up and like the motivation. I do like that about Ironmans is that there's people around you the whole time versus like on some of these trail runs where you're you're out there and you don't see a person for days. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, I think just like the longer the race went on, the better I competed. And I, I think that's when I was like, I need to just do longer races. Like I wasn't winning five Ks. I wasn't winning 10 Ks. And the more fun I had, it was like the longer the race went on. Yeah. What, what, like, what does the end of an Ironman look like from, cause I've never ran an Ironman. So like from like, and this, I guess this is why I'm bringing this up. When I did the, my, the Marine Corps marathon, the road race, I was like almost shocked with how many people just hit that wall. Like right, right when they said they were going to, um, yeah. And just like, it looked like the walking dead because it's like the streets are empty of cars, but there's just a massive amount of people hitting like bonking and just hitting that wall. <laughs> is that what an Iron Man looks like? Yeah, it is. You know, you, they tell you that we'll have flat Coke and chicken noodle soup. And you're like, that sounds terrible. But when you get into like <laughs> nine, 10 hours, you just, you can't eat enough. And it is, it's just like a bunch of zombies. And we had to do the marathon was like a three loop or essentially like a three time, like out and back, yeah. oh, which is torture. Rough. Cause you sat, you, you pass the finish line. You're like, Nope, not yet. <laughs> um, and you think you're going to like, remember this glorious moment of you like crossing the finish line. And I don't, I don't remember any of it. I just remember like thinking like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm done. The glorious, I was sitting in the bathtub with like, the water as hot as I could get it, just shivering. And it's in Florida. It wasn't cold. And then just like throwing up in the toilet. Like I was, I did it miserably. I must have like messed up nutrition for a part of it. But it's so cool to watch people that you started this race with. And especially at the end, you're seeing everybody in this outback run. <laughs> you're just high-fiving each other. Yeah. And it gets that point where you, you're kind of counting on everybody to help get you across that finish line. That's cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I miss the scene in Rocky where he was sitting in a bathtub throwing up into a toilet. <laughs> you don't see that part. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they hide that from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't so glamorous. And, of course, my entire family was down there to, like, cheer me on. They're like, hey, you want to go out for a beer? I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, How long after that were you like, I got to sign up for another thing? Like, I, I have that question selfishly because right now I'm, like, forcing myself to just take a month of not thinking about anything like that before I choose, like, my next event. So like to take the time and yeah, like process it. Like, Hey, I finished this kind of like quote unquote, like season of endurance, right? Like I need a little bit of downtime before I, I become ultra focused again. I think I didn't ever have that. Like I was, I was done and I needed time. Um, luckily I think also just like signing up for something after your Ironman, like before you do like a big event, have something after it just so you don't kind of fall off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, I think we had signed up for a, a mountain bike race across Florida, like two weeks after the Ironman. So I didn't have time to even relax if I wanted to, because I knew I had to keep going. That's awesome. What, yeah. What like, okay. So kind of track your endurance path, right? Like, are you just signing up for random stuff? Cause it sounds fun. Pretty much. <laughs> That's the best way to do Everybody's it. Like, yeah. They're like, what's your plan? I'm like, what's a plan? I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, like if I sign up and train for something, I think that that's why I get injured is like, I put 
maybe not too much into it, but I don't go about it the right way. So I'm like, well, I'll just sign up and we'll kind of see what happens. <laughs> so I think that's, you, you, you have that like naivete of like, I don't know really what to expect. I haven't, maybe I haven't done something like this. So you kind of go in and it's like every step is like a new step. Yeah. You don't have, it's like running the same course over and over again. It's like nothing's exciting where, you know, in like adventure racing, it's not like a triathlon where it's swim, bike, run. You're like in and out of the canoe. Sometimes you get on your bike and go, and then you have to get off and run. Then you come back, you get in a canoe. Then you're like in and out of the canoe trying to find checkpoints. So you don't, you never know what to expect. There's no course. Yeah. I think that's why I don't like, I don't like having a plan. I think I get a little bit bored in it. Probably not the best way to do things, but Oh, yeah, I I mean I I agree <laughs> with a lot of those. Like, I don't know. It's funny because I I just think adventure racing, which I think is about to have like a huge comeback because of the whole eco challenge. They're gonna like put it out on Amazon and all that stuff. Um, but I think there's something so special about it because even if you did the same race two years in a row, it's gonna like your course the route you take is going to be completely different and they're probably even going to design the course differently, you know? So yeah, yeah let's, let's dive into your adventure racing. Like how did that come about? Um, I had dated somebody who would like, Hey, let's go bike. Let's go run. Let's go do this. Like, I was always down to go. I don't ever put on makeup I and mean, I barely like brush my hair. So it was, I was always like ready to go. I was working on a yacht and they were like, you should come back and we can do like a 30 hour race. Like, <laughs> sure. I don't, I don't even have a mountain bike. They're like, I'll find you one. Don't worry about it. Just get this, this, and this. And I just remember spending out, you know, we were out there for 30 hours and you can get as many checkpoints as you want, or you can pretty much go from like start to finish and you can get as like fewer, as many as you want along the course but it's whoever crosses the finish line first with the most amount of checkpoints and I luckily found into an amazing team that wanted to get everything so we're super competitive we would spend hours looking for a checkpoint um, you have a map and compass there's no GPS and you're just out there you have a headlamp you are carrying all your own food um, you, there are what they call transition areas, which are kind of like your aid stations where you'll turn in, uh, the passport showing like which checkpoints that you did or did not find. And it's really cool because I wasn't somebody that really liked, um, team sports, probably because I was so competitive, but it's so fun because when you are hitting that wall, you have one to three other people that are just like dragging you through it and then vice versa you get some of your teammates that are just hitting a wall and you're doing everything that you can to get them to come along with you and you all hit the wall at different times you know you start the race and everybody's all giggly and having fun <laughs> and like, by the end of it people are just like cussing and yelling at each other and like, you're still having fun but you're delirious and yeah. you just it's so different than any other race that I've ever experienced. You know, I don't think we slept at all during the 30 hour one. Uh, we talked my brother into doing, uh, they have a C to C and it's across Florida. 
and you go it's all the way across. Hours. You go all the way across. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Were you like, hey, <laughs> grab the Mickey Mouse fishing rod. We're going to have an adventure. <laughs> I got my Minnie Mouse tent. Let's do this. <laughs> well, it was funny. He, he had just moved down from Indiana, too, and was, like, not training super seriously. And it was the same experience of, like, we'll get you a bike, um, get this, this, and this, just show up. So he was living in Tampa, had to drive. So he was living on the West Coast, had to drive to the East Coast. We spent the night in a hotel. They shuttled us back over to the West Coast and then 72 hours raced back to the East Coast. <laughs> and then he had to drive back to the West Coast. Oh, man. He's like, this is the most ridiculous race I've ever had to do. <laughs> so how did that go? Um, like, what's what kind of like, uh, you know, are you going through the swamps or like what what is it like? What's the environment like that you're traveling through? It's part the I love this race because we saw parts of Florida that the majority of even Floridians will never see. We were going through natural springs that are crystal clear. It's clearer than a lot of the ocean. You can see all the way to the bottom. Uh, there's manatees that are like bumping into your canoes. What? We're in That's so cool. the last, like it was, it's amazing. You get like crazy Florida winds. Um, it surprisingly gets a lot colder. I think they were in like February and March and we would get, you know, you walk up to your canoe and it's just like covered in frost and you're like, I really don't want to get in this right now. Um, that was one of the times we discovered that sleeping, you're just like losing time. But if you can get somebody to sleep in the canoe while the other person's paddling, you can still move forward slightly. Yeah. Um, there were howler monkeys maybe they weren't howler monkeys. There were some type of monkeys that I, I guess live in Southern Florida. And in the middle of the night, you could hear them like howling and making all these like obscene noises. Um, you know, you have your headlamp on at one night we spent like seven hours in a canoe and you just look out and you're seeing thousands of alligator eyes. Whoa. It's really creepy. You know, like I'm going to paddle a little bit faster yeah. to get the heck out of here. I hope we don't tip this canoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One time we got out and I was like, are those eggs? Are there chickens out here? And they're like, let's just keep moving. <laughs> I guess they're alligator eggs. Like, I had no idea. Whoa, that's crazy. So how, like, it's, how much of it is paddling? Um, You know, it, it does kind of vary because especially in adventure races that are taking you from, like, point A to point B, it's kind of hard. Like, sometimes you're canoeing across, like, a lake and sometimes you have to canoe down a river. Um, so they vary. Like I think I've done three or four cross Florida um, races. And there was like one day where we biked 140 miles, but it wasn't even like a scenic route. We were just on the road just to transfer further East or further West, depending yeah. on which way we were going. So that's like, that's what's so great. It's like, you really don't know. And then we designate one person to do most of the orienteering. Uh, they give you the map, like, either on the shuttle ride over or the morning of. And you can sit down and map the entire course out, or you can map as you go. What you guys choose? Which is a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Uh, we did the map as we go. So I was typically in charge of counting our steps. Um, one of our other teammates... Uh, JJ, he was in charge of like keeping pace. So he knew about how fast he was running. And then I would count steps and I had like a little clicker and like, 
every five to seven steps with my right foot was like a hundred meters. And we would go out and practice and we would just do miles and miles and miles in this park of just trying to like get it down. And I remember there was one race that we were going across one of the state parks. I think we were on the Florida trail and we were just like on point with every checkpoint and we would get going and like one of the teammates would run off and get the checkpoint as we were like still moving. And we, it was just like on point everyone. And it felt so good because you're so tired and like, in the middle of the third day, you're exhausted. But yeah, it's it's really fun to be able to like work like that. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So like team dynamic wise, I mean, was there ever any like really low moments where, <laughs> you know, it turns into like a real argument or was it all just like, we're tired, we don't feel good. And then someone kind of like feels, you know, kind of like tries to pull them along. Any real, I don't think we really had any real crazy arguments. One time there were four of us and, you know, it's 72 hours. We're in like the last two hours of the race and we're slogging in. We get in there and they were like, you guys know you're in second and the first place team like just left. Like, oh, okay, well, I don't really care. Like, I'll it's kind of like, I you, don't want to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the worst and best news you've ever heard in your life. Oh, God, now we got a race. um, (laughs) Two of the guys were fighting about it, and I'm like, I really don't care what we do, but just, like, make up your mind. So we went back and forth for, like, 10 minutes. I'm like, well, it was 10 minutes wasted, and we decided to race. So we might as well have started a 72-hour race in starting blocks. It was so stupid. Take off in, like, a full sprint, (laughs) and we get, like, two miles out from the finish line. And we get a flat tire. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that sucks. And you get to the point where, like, everything hurts. And one of our guys wore um, tribe uh, bike shorts. So the padded piece of it was, like, super wet. And it just got, like, soggy bottom. He was cutting up life jackets to try to make his seat more, like, squishy. We're, like, swapping clothes. He's in, like, some of my bike bicycle shorts. Like, we would try anything and everything to be comfortable, <laughs> knowing very well that you're not going to get there. That's hilarious. I remember you told me you were telling me once you uh, you guys took a nap on uh, one of those playground, like, squishy. Like, if you, have, if you go to a playground, there's, like, squishy padding, and you guys are like, we got to take a nap. It's almost, like, rubber or something. Yeah. That sounds really comfortable. Yeah like yeah but we looked like maybe <laughs> pedophiles like we're a bunch of adults sleeping on a playground and we woke up <laughs> to a guy with like a leaf blower like you guys need to get out of here what are you doing sleeping <laughs> on a playground? you're like look at the padding though the padding it feels so good <laughs> so squishy yeah that's hilarious <laughs> were you guys mostly just doing races in florida or did you kind of go be, like expand into other parts of the country we did um, one, I think, in Georgia. That one was really fun. That one was like, you know, coming from Florida, it's you don't have to worry about elevation. And racing in Georgia was like a whole new ball game. I about stepped on a rattlesnake within the first three hours. Terrifying. And then in like, I think it was a 30-hour one. And then I get stung by a hornet in my calf, like couple hours later 
then it started torrential downpouring and we're pushing our bikes in this like foggy cold a bit like you couldn't even tell you're like i might just push my bike right over a cliff like i couldn't see more than a couple feet in front of me and we got to the aid station up on the top and they had a u-haul there that was their like transition area i bet there were 40 people in the back of one of those u-hauls and everybody was just like stank but we're all trying to stay warm and it was just miserable <laughs> uh, it, was, it was quite the scene people were cooking and then other people were taking their shoes off and it was, there were a lot of smells going on in that u-haul oh man that sounds like fun though <laughs> like is it weird am i am i a weird guy where i'm like that sounds appealing to me no, because it's not something you get to witness. Well, thank God, probably that you get to do this like every day. But it's one of those things. You're like, how would I, how would I react to that? Yeah. Well, and I think it's, yeah. I think it's community building too. I'm like, it, you have to be just laughing about the ridiculousness of this situation. Yeah. Like, when else is there going to be like 40 people jam packed in a U-Haul, just miserable, but ha- having the best time of their life? Yeah. Yeah. You learn to appreciate like the the little things too once you get out of that situation. But then <laughs> as soon as you're done you forget all the terrible stuff and you you only remember like the really good times. Yeah. That's so what that's I always think about. That's the only time I've ever hallucinated. Uh, well, oh, well, you have to tell me that. You have to tell me that story. <laughs> we it was our first like long overnight. I think it was a ferry for a 72 hour race that we had done and they were like we're not going to sleep this time. I'm like cool. This will be interesting. And I got really cold when we got out my emergency blanket. So all you hear is that like, like every step that you take for hours on hours on end. And if you're not navigating, you're just kind of like walking along, just kind of like trying to keep everybody positive and hang out and talk and talk about all the stuff that you like think that you're seeing. And I was like, you guys, we're just going in circles. Like, no, we're not. And they're showing me on a map. They're like, no, we're doing here, here. I was like, no, we are going in like a three mile circle and we're just doing it over and over again. And I could hear them. They're like behind me. They're like, she's losing it, man. (laughs) She's lost her mind. And so we're not supposed to go more than a hundred meters from each other. And they're like, okay, we're going to bushwhack in and get this checkpoint. It's only like 80 meters off the course or whatever. They're like, just stay here. So I sat down. I must have fallen asleep for like a second, but it was just enough for I'm like, Oh my God, what happened? Like, where am I? And I convinced myself that I was deaf and that they were yelling for me and I couldn't hear them. I am flashing. It's in the middle of the night. I'm flashing my headlamp on and then off. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and like, are you guys here? Did you guys leave me? I was convinced that I just like walked away. So I just took off running just hoping that I would like catch them. I think they may have been messing with me and they may have just been like sitting on the side of the trail, just waiting. Um, But they came like running up behind me and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know where I am. I like, did I walk away? Like what's going on? Oh my gosh. What, how do you recover (laughs) from that? Like how does, what's the like 10 minutes later? Like, uh, Honestly, the only thing that I found that takes that away is sunrise. Okay. Like, it, it's like getting your circadian rhythm back. I mean, did we, I was trying to think of the Cocopelli. We didn't really run. You were probably done before it got nighttime on like the, the 42 mile day. I think, I think we both were, I have a feeling. Have you, 
have you done any like big um, like overnight oh, races? Good question. I haven't really. I've done races where we've started really early in the morning, and but I'm kind of used to that because unfortunately that's like the only time <laughs> I can actually go for a run. <laughs> so I'm it's just like, bad life. yeah, I'm like this is normal, right? Where it's four in the morning, <laughs> like, dude. I've started running like trail running and this is probably stupid since I just told you I had a sprained ankle, but I started trail running over the last couple months, like without using a lamp, like I'll go to this park by me and it's not like in the mountains or in the wilderness, you know, like it's just like a, it's a city park, but there's dirt trails and I'll just go for a run just by like the moonlight and stuff. And I'm like, it's awesome because I'm like, I don't really like using a light. And I'm not t- like really scared about like tripping over rocks here and stuff. So it almost messes with you worse when you have a headlamp because you can't. It does. Like you don't get that actual like 3D. Yeah. It's like one dimensional. I don't know how to. It doesn't really make sense, but. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's almost easier sometimes. It yeah, and someday I'm probably going to experience the whole like going <laughs> into the night kind of thing. I, my thing is honestly like I suck at not sleeping. Like I. I'm such a wimp when it comes to like not getting sleep. I just desperately need it, you know? Okay. Question though. When you were done with the Coke belly or like those nights, did you sleep really well every night? Um, I mean, uh, I would say I slept okay. Like not the best, <laughs> but not the worst. It wasn't super luxurious. Like we're sleeping on sleeping pads and sleeping bags. No. Well, also I mean, there was like 80 degree weather. <laughs> Yeah, there was one night, the night when, you know, you guys thought you were in the Wizard of Oz because the tents were blowing over. There was that. Nobody slept. Yeah, no one slept that night. Um, I'm trying to think the other nights. I think I slept okay, though, you know. Well, what I found is some of these longer races, you get really tired. And, you know, like Courtney DeWalter sleeping, what, seven minutes total in like two minute increments or whatever. And you think like. There's no way that would be enough. But when you're that tired, it takes an instant for you to feel like you've got gotten like eight hours of sleep. Yeah. And then I found that at the end of them, your body is almost on edge. Like you're on your toes. Like, okay, are we, are we going to keep going? Or is this, do we get to relax now? Your body is kind of in this, like, are we fight or flight kind of thing or what's like, what's going on? Yeah. How do you react to that? Would, do you get sick? Like I always end up getting sick like the week after. And you can actually, it's funny, you can go back through the podcast and listen like the weeks, the week after I finish a race. <laughs> I And even right now, like I have a head cold because I feel like you just destroy your immune system and it just throws it out of whack. You just like break down. I don't, you know, I don't know if I've ever gotten like sick 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 yeah. i get real hungry afterwards <laughs> um i did uh i don't know if i told you this story the sheep mountain um human potentials race uh, 50 yeah. miler okay and i had i had talked to one of my coworkers and i was like oh you should come up afterwards and we should do a 14er like haha kind of joking and then he showed up and i didn't know like how that 50 miler was gonna go because until like Cocapelli, I really don't, I haven't ran, like just ran a 50 miler even like nothing, 50 K. I don't think I've ever finished a 50 K cause I would hurt myself. So didn't know how it was going to go. I only took one little tumble and I see him at the finish line. I was like, Oh no. 
So I finished it like just under 13 hours, I think is what it, t- how, how long it took. And I couldn't eat. I was like throwing up in the bathroom again, typical oh, story. And we decided to leave that night and drove from like fair play to Gray's and Tories. Okay. And I think we went to bed at like 1130 or midnight and then woke up at 330 <laughs> and hiked a 14er. I would not say I was very impressive that day. It was very slow and painful, but I felt like I had enough sleep. It was just like my body was too tired, Yeah. but I didn't get sick from it. But I do hear that I d- often. For whatever reason, like, I don't know. I don't know if I think part of it might be like the training leading up to the event. You're just stressing your body out and then finally you finish and then you're like, I can relax. And then when you relax, it just all hits you at once. I don't know. <laughs> you need to just chug like an uh, emergency right after the end of the race. Dude, I used to do I used to do like Pedialyte and I should have maybe I should have done that. Well, the problem was this time I, I went directly from the race to getting my flight canceled and then having to get an earlier <laughs> flight. And then, so I would like, didn't even eat barely and like barely rehydrated and just had to get on an airplane. So that might be part of well, it. Well, airplane. Yeah. Airplane. You just, everybody's sick on an airplane. Yeah, I'm like, Hey, everybody on the airplane, give me your <laughs> disease. Like, give me everything you got. And then I went directly. You guys will lick my phone. <laughs> yeah. I went directly to a middle school after that. And I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Let's, let's, let's just get it all. But yeah, no, that's awesome. So speaking of 14ers, like I definitely want you to share your, your very first 14er, um, because for (laughs) most people and the 14ers, if you don't know, are like the 14,000 foot mountains in Colorado, they're the big mountains, like in the continental U S and most people would start with like Grays and Tories, like a class one. And I gotta say like, not because like some people are totally like 14 or snobs where it's like oh class one like oh that's no big deal class like any of them are hard that's what i I try to tell people like you're going to suffer a little bit 14,000 feet yeah Yeah. like you're still gonna feel like crap but (laughs) but you kind of like your first 14 or was a was definitely a memorable one well, I needed to have heard somebody say that to me before. Yeah. <laughs> um, I met um, my best friend Logan out here. And actually, I did a beer mile. And he was the only one to have thrown up afterwards. So everybody was like giving him all this grief. And I was like, why are we making fun of this kid? And they're like, oh, well, he's like an amazing athlete and was like winning 100 milers at the age of like 15, 16. And I was wow. like, perfect. Well, then somebody told me that he was training for Nolan 14ers, which is a 60-hour race, and you try to get 14 14ers in those 60 hours. Wow. And you don't have to go all the way to the bottom. You can kind of – it's kind of like adventure racing where you're navigating your way, and you can, you know, maybe stay on the saddle, but it might be a little bit more dangerous, or you could go down and come back up, and it might save you a little bit of time because you don't have to be as careful. So – somebody tells me about this race I'm like I have to talk to this kid so I get to chatting with him he's like actually I'm going up to do some training and I'm going to do some 14ers I'm like can I come with you he's like sure speaking of I was actually very sick that night didn't sleep thought about canceling I was like you know what no I just need to take this experience and like go with it um he had worked 
like overnight also, picks me up at like three o'clock in the morning, get to the trailhead. And we're like, well, if we sleep, we're going to leave late. We have to be at the, you know, off the peak by noon ish. Yeah. And so we're like, well, let's just go now. I'm like, well, what do we pack? Like, is it going to be like two degrees up it? Like I've never done this before. What am I expecting? I bring basic water. I probably had like a cliff bar and no trekking poles, no nothing, no headlamp. So we take off and we went to like Winfield and we're going up Missouri. I could be totally wrong on that. And (laughs) Bug's just like powering up and he's like, well, the trail goes that way, but I want to see what this, like this direction takes. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, he's I've like, never is he like scouting? Up a 14er? Is he scouting for the Nolan's oh, 14? Yeah. And you can choose any route <laughs> up. So like, yeah, I got it. Anything. Yeah. So we're just like bushwhacking. We're not even on a trail. We're just bushwhacking straight up. And I believe it was the eastern side of Missouri. Could be lying. I'm not sure. And so we're just like bushwhacking straight up this mountain. And I was like, well, where does this go? He's like, I'm not sure yet. Cool. Never been up here. Don't know what to expect. It's just a 14er. Plenty of people do these. So we go, we're like hiking up and I was like, well, it looks kind of like a trail. He's like, oh yeah, these are sheep or goat trails. I'm like, okay, well, they're here. We're probably okay. Then we see some people and they're scrambling down and they're like kicking rocks. And he's like, we can't go this way. They may kill themselves or us. We're going to go a different route. I'm like, okay. He climbs ahead. He's like, whatever you do, don't climb up something you're not comfortable climbing down. I was like, don't know what that means. Take it for what it is. Pretty yeah. comfortable climbing out here. It's like, it's not super exposed. <laughs> She's like, can you tell which trail or which way the trail goes? And I was like, well, there's some like carabiners and some hooks and stuff. He's like, that's not good. Let's come back down. And I'm like, okay, now I understand. I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to climb back down. And he's like, that's fine. You'll just like, just shimmy me back down figure it all out he takes off and he's like uh i think we need to hurry because it might rain i'm like what does that mean like i'm I'm holding on for dear life so we just kind of like hunker on hunker down like keep going a little bit and i look up and a chipmunk has fallen and is falling at me no way (laughs) i've heard so many stories from 14ers and i've never heard of falling chipmunks as like I, I was like, is it raining so an much? obstacle, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my thought is, well, this is great. He lives here, and he can't hold on. Yeah. Like, what chance do we have? He's adapted <laughs> for a 14er, and he's falling off this cliff. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, geez. So we take off, and we end up, like, getting to the top. And he just turns around. He's like, I've brought so many people on 14ers. And he's like, I put people in some pretty sketchy situations and he's like, I've never seen somebody be so calm. And I was like, what were my options? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you don't have options, like what's the point of freaking out, you know? Yeah. That's he's terrifying. like, when you were giggling, I was like, that's anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the sketchiest so like, like situation? Oh yeah. In? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But then I think about it and I'm like, I probably need to tone it down a little bit with some of my adventures because I think I'm just in this mindset of like, I'll be fine. Like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Which is probably why they don't have a ton of adventure races in Colorado. Cause like in Florida, you just walk 10 miles in one direction. You're like in a neighborhood. It's not, you're not going to be stuck on a mountain or like a place where nobody has ever been. Um, which I, I think it'd be really fun out here, but I can see why they don't do a ton of them. 
I actually, you know what? You kind of just like blew my mind right there because I've always wondered that. I'm like, why, why is it so hard to find adventure races, especially out here, like on, in the West and that has to I mean, be it, right? I mean, it's so much because, desolate land. Yeah. yeah. But like people are making decisions and, and you know, if it's a race and then now it's competitive, people might not make <laughs> the safest decisions. Yeah. It makes it. You know, if you find one that's even close, I've been talking to Reed from Gemini, and I was like, I think you need to put another one on out here because living out in Junction, I keep finding like all of these routes, and I'm like, you could totally kayak or canoe or stand a paddleboard on the river and yeah. like mountain bike out to 18 Road and then come back to the Loma exit and like run around there, and I'm like, this would be so much i mean you would have to get a bunch of permits but it would be so much fun to do it would be a blast can you do like do people do like i guess in ultra running there's the things called fat asses where it's like people meet up it's on not like yeah it's more on your own it's not like super organized and you're just like hey i think this is where we're running and you're like okay um is there anything like that for adventure races or is that just the called closest... going out and hiking <laughs> That's called Tuesday afternoon. Um, <laughs> uh, the closest thing that I have found is, oh gosh, of course I can't think of it. Uh, it's like orienteering clubs. Okay. And there's actually one in Denver. Um, the, ha the Hash House Harriers also put one on it's called like beer orienteering. So instead of finding a checkpoint, you chug a beer and carry the empty with you. So kind of similar. <laughs> but the orienteering is put on by... Uh, is it Boy Scouts or something like that? And it's there are some in Denver. Um, it doesn't usually use mountain biking or kayaking. It's just orient. It's just map reading and compass. You know, map and compass, and you okay. go on try to find checkpoints. And they put sometimes there's like a permanent course, and then other times they'll like make up their own course. But that's okay. kind of about the closest you're probably gonna get. Yeah. I'd love to put one on even just for some of my like friends and family out here. I think that'd be super fun. Yeah. There was, but, uh, there was, if you a... find one and I find another mountain bike, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> you need another mountain bike. Um, there was, uh, what'd you say? Do you need a mountain bike? Yeah. Is there like, did you break your mountain bike? <laughs> oh, it got stolen before I moved to junction. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. Did I tell you that? I think I told you that. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a bummer, especially, boulder. Like, especially moving out there where like the mountain bike courses are insane. I'm being tortured a little bit. <laughs> um, there was a <laughs> uh, like a three day adventure race in Wyoming. Have you ever heard of this one? Um, I had some people that did the coast to coast race. Um, they came out and did it. I think. Okay. What do they I'd think be of that? Super interesting. Was she it was her and her husband um they had a great time i don't know how it compared i didn't get a good chance to chat with her about how it compared to florida i mean it's gonna be nine days but i would love to do that yeah yeah that one i don't know if they put it on anymore that's the thing like i, I for ultra running there's ultra sign up and it's kind of easy to find these races and adventure racing i just have not been able to find like it, i haven't had as much luck like finding it you know it's a pretty small community. I mean, relative to some of the other races, um, I can reach out to some people and find out the best best places to find some, or maybe we can put one on our own. Yeah, there you go. That'd be super um, cool. 
that uh, the couple that did that race, I think if it was the same one, there was one of the races that we did down in Florida. You have like a key, uh, like a like a legend of where you're supposed to find something or like a clue. So it was like on a in a depression on a palm or something like that for each checkpoint. So you know, kind of in a ballpark of what you're looking for. Yeah. And I was in charge of reading the clues, and I there was no punctuation, and I was reading it, and I was like, hanging calf high in the forest. And it's in the middle of the night, we're all looking up in the, it, we're thinking maybe it's like a ranch, and there's like a, a cow or something as like a sign. So we're all looking up in the trees. Keep saying it, we're looking for 40 minutes or more. And finally, this other team comes over, and I say it again, and we just hear giggling. We're like, what are you guys laughing at? They're like, it's hanging calf high in the forest. So we're looking up. <laughs> it was like calf high, like near your ankles, like on your calves. <laughs> so <laughs> we never would have found it. That's when they took the book away from me. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. Well, is there, yeah, is there anything like upcoming for you that you're, you're training for? Are you just kind of like recovering right now or, or what? Uh, I would like to do a hundred miler. I was supposed to do one last, um, last summer, yeah. but after that uh, fall, I wasn't able to do it. So I think I'm just kind of training for that. Um, if something else shows up, maybe I'll just jump in and do it. There is a race in January out here that is put on by Mesa Striders. Um, it's a good like 19 mile race last year. It was in like six inches of snow. I'll probably do that one again. That one's really, really fun if you're out, out this way in January. Um, I think it's a fat ass also. It's Banks Canyon. Okay. The Banks Canyon 19 miler, something like that. And pretty much just like eight miles down into a canyon and then like eight miles back up. Oh, dude, you have to do the up part last? One <laughs> yeah, it's pretty torturous. That math didn't add up, but it's 19 miles. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Have you have you looked into any of them? Like speaking of like Southern Utah, there's a whole bunch of races. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember. Who, I don't remember who puts them on, but I did the Monument Valley one out there. So there's like a whole bunch throughout the uh, kind of Southern Utah places that are that are pretty cool. What? I would love to do Antelope Canyon. I want to say that's in Arizona. Oh, yeah. I think that's the same company, sure. though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I would love to do that one. Yeah. Do you do you have a 100-miler in mind? Um, My plan was to do Logan's Last, which was the um, Silver, Heel, Silver Heels Fair Play. Yeah. Um, that's human potential. I would still like to make that one my, my first one, but... At this point, if I just can make it to the starting line without being injured, I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have the, any races coming up? Uh, uh, I don't. I'm actually like, like I said, I'm taking a month to kind of like just re- not relax, but I mean, definitely relax. <laughs> but I'm just taking a month to kind of like not have anything on the books to, you know, because I don't know if I'm I'm kind of like I'll get ultra focused on a race and you know, it's nice having one upcoming cause I like look forward to adventure, but I'm kind of like also trying to re reevaluate like what I want to actually do. Um, cause this year I, unfortunately I won't be able to do desert rats just based on like our, me and Lindsay and the girls, like we're traveling a bunch this summer. Um, oh, so awesome. yeah, so it's going to be super fun in that sense, but that race isn't going to fit in. So I'm like, what am I going to do now that like, 
kind of like satiates my need of adventure while also like not taking, you know, as much time, I guess. You should look for even like the travel races. You'd be surprised how many that there are kind of like unknown in like, I don't know where you're traveling, but if it was outside of the country, there's some pretty good ones that you can kind of find. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. Especially like adventure racing. Oh, I know. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, there um so yeah, I am kind of like throwing around the idea like maybe a spring adventure race would be really cool. Um there's uh ultra in Iowa and you know, I've never ran an ultra race in Iowa before. So there's one of those in the spring, so I'm like maybe that, but I'm not like completely sold on anything right now. Um I definitely want to do I was so jealous you texted me that you did the 10 miles of the Coca Pelle that we didn't get to do. <laughs> and I was like, the competitor Ugh. in me, right? Like I had to go back. <laughs> I do, but I agree. Like I feel the same exact way. So, you know, like that might I be, think you brought that up. I know. Cause it's like, I, I feel like I, I need to complete the whole thing. We'll come back. I, I got, I know it now. Yeah. 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 Was it cool? <laughs> it was really beautiful. I actually did that one under moonlight because I was, making sure that I'd be comfortable running um, kind of at that time frame for when I was pacing Erica. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so, and it was beautiful. I didn't even need my headlamp. Uh, it was very, the beginning of it was pretty like Jeep track, but then once you, you got probably like four miles in and then the rest of it was beautiful single and double track that brought you back down into Dewey. That's it was awesome. really pretty. That's cool. Yeah. So I definitely want to do that. Um, I know you've mentioned the 18 road and Fruta a couple times or Grand Junction. Yeah. And I mean, I just Googled pictures of it and I'm like, this place looks pretty awesome. So, you know, like maybe mountain biking, that whole thing. And I don't know. There's just like a whole there, you know, when you're in Colorado, it's like, there's almost like an overwhelming amount of adventures you could take. Home, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's hard. You almost have to just like, write something down and just do it because if not you're just going to get stuck in in like trying to make a decision on what other options (laughs) there are exactly so so that's kind of my plan we'll see i'll i'll let you know though for sure um especially with like the 18 road and stuff so yeah but yeah one of my buddies from boulder was wanting to kind of put a race together or do a race with a group of people too so i'll let you know if that one's okay going down someplace that might just be like a drop you know drop a bunch of water and food and make it our own adventure perfect yeah i've always wanted to do the uh boulder traverse too or like it's like the boulder skyline Skyline? traverse yeah and every time i set out to do it i take the wrong trail and i always end up like missing a peak and then being like (laughs) oh i got three of the five but (laughs) which sucks but I was doing that one and I thought everybody was like going up and then back down and then back up, like all the way down, all, like not taking saddle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do people do this? It's impossible. Well, yeah. and the hard way. Well, that's basically <laughs> what I did. I went down and the whole thing was pure ice. Like once again, I found myself in that situation so many times climbing those mountains there and it's pure ice. And I finally like make it down to where I think I'm going to head up. I think it's like green mountain and I got down there and then I'm like, Oh, it just keeps going down. Like I just took the wrong turn. And then I was like faced with the option of like, do I climb back up like 
a pure like bobsled ice sheet, you know, that like cool runnings would be going down? Or do I just go all the way down and call it a day and like make something else up? So that's why I chose. But I'll send you a map. I have one that you can that you can use. What you maps? What? <laughs> what do you mean maps? You know, right? No. Paper uh, things. Yeah, no, not, I appreciate not on the phone. <laughs> but awesome, Kayla. Well, dude, we definitely like need to have you back on the podcast or or you know, like plan some sort of adventure at some point in the future. So Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, huge thanks to Kayla for coming on the show, sharing your story. Uh, for me personally, like it was just super fun catching up with her. Um, and I've realized that this week, like the thing, there's so many things I'm grateful about as it comes to like, you know, running and, and doing sports and all that stuff. Um, one of the big things though recently is just the friendships I've made uh, through these events, they mean a lot to me. Um, and then also combine that with doing the podcast and really like, I mean, it's it's funny. It's like I have an excuse to reach back out to, to some people I run a race with and be like, hey, man, like, hey, let's 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 talk. Let's talk again. Let's catch up, you know, and and using the podcast as the excuse but like it's really honestly just nice to catch up with with her or phil or um our friend thomas which we talked to a few a few weeks ago like it's just it's awesome and i feel like it's kind of a it's been a really positive part of my life and you know um especially like there's weeks that are that are difficult and and some weeks are way harder than others um and it's just nice to be able to kind of sit down and and chat about you know adventure racing or chat about ultras or chat about you know the times like you're running and you're and you're doing something you're passionate about really just sitting down and talking with someone about something you're passionate about that is um definitely a huge part of your life but also separate from work and all that other stuff you know that that comes along with it um and during the weeks that are that are difficult uh it's just the the podcast is that much more of like a shining spot of my week which is which is so awesome so um just a huge thank you guys uh if you're if you've listened to the show if this is your first one welcome um if this is your 170th one just seriously like all the gratitude in the world towards you thank you so much for listening it's been an awesome time uh putting on the podcast it's led me to some crazy adventures and i kind of hope that you guys are out there in your own lives chasing your own whimsy and really being open to to any challenges that come your way uh with the podcast like there's been challenges presented to me some with like you know getting the podcast out every single week and then others where you know i get peer pressured into <laughs> into some sort of event you know like the marine corps marathon like not that i was peer pressured into it like i've always heard it's a cool race but like getting to know phil and getting to be friends with with my buddy phil penty through the podcast like that has totally led me down that path and right now um i'm kind of in that that lull you know uh between 
um, all the summer and fall big events that I've trained for and now trying to figure out what 2020 is going to look like for me. And uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm totally open to all sorts of different stuff. It doesn't have to be an ultra. Uh, it could be an adventure race. It could be a mountain bike race. It could be something even crazier. I just read uh, Christopher McDougall's new book, Running with Sherman. And that's if you haven't read it, it's fantastic. But it's about burrow racing in Colorado. And that's something I've always like I'm pretty sure my dad told me about that in high school and that's something that's always been on my radar as something that would be interesting to try. Um, so who knows? Like it's it's kind of a cool exhilarating feeling where you're like, whoa, I don't have any races planned. I don't have anything on the book. I'm kind of just like open to, to trying whatever's, you know, kind of capturing my imagination at the time. Um, but at the same time, it's also for someone who's so used to having a big race in the future and having something to train for it, it can be a bit challenging to get through that. Um, so anyways, uh, that was kind of a random tangent there, but just to let you guys know where I'm at, but I am so grateful for you guys listening to the show. And, uh, I totally appreciate all the support, um, that you've given the like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, if you haven't, it would be really cool if you guys could go on iTunes and, and leave us a review or go on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on or you listen to this on right now and subscribing. And, and you know, I have some really cool episodes coming up, so I'm, I'm excited to share them with you guys. But all right, we'll get back at you next week. Talk to you then.